So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations, being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And this the 7th of July. It's the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is John Keeley. I want to especially welcome listeners to a programme this morning, especially those who are housebound, lonely, struggling in some way this morning. And especially those listeners as well who support us in prayer each week. Thank you so much for for praying for us and also for spending this hour with us each week as we share with some, some faith topics which our listeners with our listeners each week. The programme, of course, is broadcast on Sacred Space at West Limit 102 at 10am and 11pm each Sunday and is available for playback and download and come and see inspirations at buzzspread.com. You can also listen to a podcast of this programme and indeed all, all programmes we've produced here over the last 10 and a half years at this stage and our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. Our podcasting team this morning includes Anne, my wife, thank you very much indeed, again, Anne, for, for joining us, our, our resident prayer guide. And also, um, somebody who hasn't been in for us for a little bit of time, Martina O'Sullivan, all the way from Abbeyfield. Uh, Abbeyfield or somewhere close to Abbeyfield. Good morning <laughs> to you, how are you? Good morning, John. Great altogether. Good to be back. Thanks a lot to yeah. have you. And you found us. And you found we us. We did You're indeed. Okay, and we gave you lots of work to do this morning. Um, Martina will be joining us in part two to, to tell us uh, about a few more faith topics that she's involved with herself. But in the meantime, we also want to advise people that if they want to text us at all with a request, maybe to have a guest on the programme, a piece of music, maybe a little story, a faith journey that they want to share with us, please do that by texting us on 87 Six zero eight eight six six seven. That's zero eight seven six zero eight eight six six seven. Or you can email us, and that's on sacred space one or two at gmail.com. So now, with this part of the program, we'll invite Anne to pray the spiritual communion prayer. And listen for those who can't receive Jesus at mass this morning. Thanks, Anne. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul, since I now, since I now cannot receive you sacramentally. Come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now we go for our first bit of music. And this morning, one, especially for those people who are sick and struggling this morning, this is a song sung by Marilla Ness and it's entitled Jesus the Healer. So let's hear this.
So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Kelly. Still joined in the studio here by Anne. And as I said, Martina O'Sullivan is joining us again today. Welcome again to the programme, Martina. Thanks again for, Thank you, for joining us. Mm-hmm. So, Martina, you're here to share some good news, some other faith topics with us, some more encouraging news with us. Uh, it's, about a, it's about a faith camp that you've been involved with over the last number of years. And thanks again for joining us. So maybe the first thing is, What's a faith camp? What's <laughs> well, it's a gathering of both young and old, really. Initially, okay. when we started, um, I thought it was all a, going to be all about these young five to 12 year olds and mm-hmm. they're going to be mm-hmm. learning about the faith. But uh, it has evolved and I have seen, um, you know, you see the children come, but they have to be taught. So we have to have volunteers. OK. And every year the Lord provides beautiful young people who give up their time completely voluntarily. And they're ranging in the ages from, we'll say, 18 to very good. 70. Uh, very good, very good, very good. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, the grey-haired folk doesn't get to teach, to, to get into the faith lesson. Um, mm-hmm. They don't put on any faith lesson cap. Like the, the, the faith lessons are taught in the classrooms by young people. Okay. And Father Patrick is really, really um, adamant that that must always be the case because it's almost peer-to-peer then, you know. Okay. So it all started down in Ardmore. Uh, um, I went down with Lorraine Wolf. We both had two children each, so we rented a house and we went. And Margaret Meehan was the girl that started it in, in Ardmore. She was about running her, about her third one at that stage. So she's the mammy of the faith camps now. How did you find out about that? How, how did well, you find Lorraine's out? sister, Louise, volunteered. And she said okay. to Lorraine, you know, Lorraine, I think you'd really love this and the lads would really benefit. So we went on, we rented a house and we saw all of these beautiful children inside in Ardmore School. And mm-hmm. um, 
then you know we were going to be coming down again. I said well we'll come down again next year we'll book a house and we'll volunteer properly this time we were only making sandwiches this year because we kind of <laughs> we came in very mm-hmm. late mm-hmm. so anyway Roche, Lorraine um, uh, persuaded me to say look Martin look we should give the opportunity of, to the Abbeyfield children and, and, and the surrounding children to have what these children have here so I said no because too much trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Lorraine persuaded me and um, thank God she did. So anyway, we asked Father Patrick before we left to see, you know, would he come? Because we couldn't have it without him. Mm-hmm. And he said he would. And then we had to bring Nolik Lillis, who's a secondary school teacher in Mitchellstown. And she is really like, they, they, we'd have no camp without Nolik because she prepares all the faith lessons and she does. She's every aspect of it covered, like music, sport, all all the dramas she does all of that she brings all the costumes for the children so anyway a faith camp is it starts on well our camp starts on 20, the Monday just before you said that now, yeah you've mentioned Father Patrick a few yeah. times yeah who's Father Patrick yeah well now? Father Patrick is Father Patrick Cahill okay and he is um, he has a special mission down in Glencomer in County Waterford called the Holy Family Mission okay and I call it it's like the upper room really Mm-hmm. They've got a big, huge house. It used to be owned by what order? Oh, yeah. I can't, it'll can't come to me, it, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so he has, the, he, Bishop Fancy was gifted this house for nothing. Mm. Now, three months before he was gifted the house, Father Patrick had said to him that he had this idea, like if we could get somewhere where I could go in with two or three others and that we could invite young people, young over 18s, mm-hmm. to come residential for a year and I will teach them the faith. Three months later, the um, the, the person that owned the house, the, the prior, um, came along and said to Bishop Fancy, Bishop Fancy, by the way, you know, we're moving out of our big house because we can't Mm-mm. afford Mm-mm. to run Mm-mm. it, etc, etc. And our, our, our staff are depleted. And he said, look, I'd like to give it to you. He said, would you have use for it? He said, I just might. There, it, it, just a thought comes to my mind. There is something that happens that sometimes we don't always understand. On the one side, people will say, it's not a shame now that that order has to go mm-hmm. and move, etc., mm-hmm. etc., etc." Et mm-hmm. And so many people would have liked them and, and mm-hmm. experienced them over the mm-hmm. years. But the Lord had another plan. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. Something completely different. I will not leave you orphans. You got it. Yeah. So, he, so Father Patrick has been in there now for a few years. Yeah, this is his third year now. Yeah, yeah, and it's growing and growing and growing. And I mean, the 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 the, the young people that are there now are being asked. They've been asked to knock. They're being asked to Dublin. They're being asked to Clonmac Noise. They're being asked to a whole lot of places to give their testimonies. Mm-hmm. And the effect that these people that that this ministry is having in their lives, and I suppose if you were to kind of sum it up, I actually heard one of them. Um, she was talking at the Adoramus a weekend in Knock, mm-hmm. and she spoke about. She had no self-worth. She didn't realise the dignity that she has as a child of mm, God. Mm. She had no confidence. And now she's completely transformed. And the age group? Age group would be from 19 to 30. Oh. Yeah. So these are really, you know, these are, like, these are apostles, disciples being formed, you know. Mm. And I mean, I think they're going to, they're going to transform the face of Ireland. There's no truth mm. about it. And Father Patrick, you know, we need to pray for him because he's he's doing wonderful work. And uh, he's really like last weekend now he was um, doing a men's retreat. 
And the weekend before he was in Cork doing something else. In fact, he had um, one of the or my faith camp volunteers got married two weeks, so he couldn't come to her wedding because he, he was booked for something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's incredibly busy. And as well, like, obviously, we need to pray very hard for him because he's doing he, he's very formative, young people's minds. You know, he's changing a lot of my, uh, young people in, in Ireland. For those people who had been, been, been attending the uh, Divine Mercy Conference, I actually heard him. Oh, yeah, it was great. Uh, he gave a beautiful um, harmony there, I'd say for about 40 minutes, 45 minutes, yeah. in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Yeah, he did, yeah. Which was full of life and full of good news. Yeah, yeah. And he led us into a secret, I think he'll soon be 40. That's right. I mean, it's that wonderful to have a, a priest of that year. I know, that, that, you yes, know? yeah. And he was connecting with young. Now he's young himself, mm-hmm. so he was connected with young people. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that just at the start of your introduction. You even mentioned that Father Patrick is insistent that young people teach work with yes, the yeah. young people. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's obviously a reason for that. There because, is yeah. because they can connect. Yeah, they can. Yeah, there's an instant connection mm. with you, you, youth to youth. And you see, the beauty is that you see before they can teach the faith to the children. Father Patrick has to teach them how to teach it. Yes. So you see, the faith is being passed on to them as a mm. result of the teaching that he gives them. The like for for the first for the first day of the, the camp starts on Monday. We have to all meet on Sunday night, and part of that meeting is he sits down with each different group, and like the same story is being taught to all the children, but it's being taught differently because of the age difference. Like you can't mm-hmm. t- teach five year olds the same as you teach twelve year olds. So he does all of that. And you see, they're learning about the various different aspects of the faith through that, you know. And then um, one huge important aspect of the faith is fellowship, where nobody brings a lunch. We, I have kitchen staff, catering staff, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they prepare the morning break, the 15 minute break, and then we prepare lunches, lunch for them. So they all meet in the, dine, in, in the kitchen, in the staff room and, and the brothers uh, Father Patrick brings two brothers and two sisters from the family of Mary and they interact and weave around all these lovely mm. young people and they learn. They just pick up the faith through osmosis then, you know. Yeah. You know, right, just before we actually get into the mm-hmm. into nitty gritty and what happens and so on and so forth, um, the age group. Uh, five years. They have to be five because it's from 10 a.m. to three. So, you know, when you go to school, you finish at two because you're junior infants mm-hmm. and you're you know, whatever. So they have to be five because it's a long day uh, and it's a busy day. And then the, the oldest age group is 12, like sixth class. It's from, you know, juniors to six. Like. And so they uh, so they start in the morning about what time? Ten. And Ten to three. Ten, three o'clock. Yeah. OK, what happens? OK, in the morning uh, they arrive in and we usually have a morning prayer. So they, they like music is entered into... Um, music is a huge important part of the week mm-hmm. and like the aim the overall aim for music at camp is is like what do we want the children to learn that we want to experience through music music has a great way of setting an atmosphere and bringing people together whether it be in prayer and praise or adoration and recreation when it comes to prayer all through the Bible we're taught that music is an appropriate way to praise God so the kids learn all these lovely hymns with actions Mm. And they are just on fire because every child wants to sing and dance. Yes. And they're singing and dancing, Mm-mm. glorifying God. Mm. And it's all even my two children, when they were getting their confirmation, they didn't they didn't have to learn the fruits of the spirit because they had it learned in camp through mm. actions mm. and mm. the gifts mm. of the spirit. They had it all off by heart. 
Mm. And those are the things, you know, that that, 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 that they would benefit. Yeah, by and they'll never the forget them, you know. Mm. Yeah, they'll never forget them. So, um, uh, I suppose, like that, music is a huge part of of of, of the camp. Now, there, there is also um, sport, you know, and um, sport. You'd say, how could that be tied in with faith? But um, you know, we can teach the children that the experience through sport at games and camp, that the overall aim is to help the kids to see that the faith is alive and fun and that we can use the lessons we learn about faith in our day to day living, sharing, caring. You know, if somebody falls out in the yard playing sport, you go over and you pick them up and you nurse them and you put a plaster on and you bring them in later on when they feel better and all of that, you know. But I suppose the the guiding principle of the faith camp is that we want them to form a personal relationship with Jesus. Like when I speak, I have to speak at the very last day because we have the kids do drama. They learn about a particular saint for the week and then they act out his life mm. on the Friday for the mums and dads and grannies and granddads. And um, they like I have to say a few words at the very end of the last. And I always say that when these children are driving their car, what I would like them to do when they're looking for a parking space, the simplest things in life that they will automatically say, Jesus, please help me find a parking space mm. that they will have that, that he will be like as if he was a passenger in their car and that they will automatically think, well, I, I'm, I need something. So I need to say a simple prayer. And, you know, I was listening to a lovely CD. Um, my kids were at Camp Veritas, which we'll be talking about later mm-hmm. on. But on my way home from that, I was listening to a lovely CD. He was um, a young American um, base, uh, football player. Mm. And he was talking about his own journey through life and his own conversion. But he spoke about, he gave a lovely analogy about a tandem bike. Mm. Now, John, do you know yeah. what a tandem I bike do, is? I do, yeah. I do. So you've got two seats. Mm. And the guy in front is supposed to steer and drive. The oh, thing. Right. And the fellow behind is only kind of a, you know, he's only hopping on for that's the, me, yeah. he's only there for the beer. <laughs> yeah. But he, that man, that lovely young boy was talking about, you know, he re- when he realised that he was actually in the front seat and that God was in the back seat. Mm. And that mm. un- it wasn't until he got off the front seat and asked Jesus to sit in the front seat and let him sit mm. behind. Yeah. And like, I suppose that's, no. Kids would have no concept that this is happening. But like, you know, there are many, many seeds sown. We don't know the seeds. Only God knows. Mm. But that, you know, my prayer is that they will be germinating right throughout their life and that they will realize how important it is to put God first Mm. and let him steer. And I'm just wondering now, you know, that's all crossed my mind there, what they are going through there at the camp in thoughts and so on and so forth. Um, would they be similar to what they've been taught at school? Or something well, I suppose or? they would be much more child friendly mm-hmm. and they would be much like I suppose they'd be much because of the fact that there's so much joy. And, you know, there is an element in the school. Actually, we the safeguarding people came out from the diocese last year for the mm-hmm. first time and we kind of had an audit during mm-hmm. the camp mm-hmm. and they were just bowled over. Mm-hmm. They were bowled over more by the young volunteers because he said, Martin, you know, when you when you mentioned 18, 19 year olds, now these are the safeguarding people mm-hmm, saying this mm-hmm. to me. He said, you know, we associate sullen teenagers mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. long faces and mm-hmm. phones. And mm-hmm. but he said every single one of them had a smile on their face. They were willing to engage. They were in totally and absolutely engaged with the children. And they he, they could see that they wanted 
to bring good yeah. to the children through mm-hmm. faith. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't get over that the ethos, that that, that solid ethos was there. And it, it's so yeah, unique. I, I've seen it. I've seen it because I've been there, thanks to yourself, a few years yeah. ago, you know. But they said it's so unique. And in fact, they said they wanted to make it a template. for Very good. You know. Excellent. Very good. You know, and I'm just wondering now, those young people would also be learning too. They'd also be growing in faith too. Those 18 and 19 oh, and 20 yeah, years. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. I, I, like I would actually say that there's more going on for them than mm. the young people. You know, mm. like the young people, I suppose, maybe can get carried away with, with, with the songs and the jumping around and they might yeah. lose some of what they're <coughs> being taught. But the, 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 the 18 plus years olds... Hmm. It's and and furthermore, they make lovely friends and they have each other phone numbers and they meet at U two thousand after that. Very good, very good. And then I was thinking, I mean, they have they have daily mass, yeah, mm-hmm. and so their father Father Patrick mm-hmm. would be feeding them again. Oh, absolutely, yeah. In a way, they can understand. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's breaking it's, open the word of God and breaking open. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, um, Nolik Lillis has has she has a whole load of manuals written out, and one of them is is um, she sent it today by email to me, and she one of the chat one of the paragraphs is about child centred liturgies, and this is what she says. Obviously, children should be helped to engage as fully as possible in the liturgy, but the lit- the, lit- the liturgy must be Christ centred. Mm. And that she recently saw an art display for First Holy Communion in which the children had all made a little monstrance. And in the place of the host, at the centre, was the child's face. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we don't, this is not what we do in, in Abbey Field. Mm-hmm. You know, in the monstrance, actually, they've done that. They've, they've, they've coloured monstrances, but they've they cut out the face of Jesus and they glued it into the centre of the monstrance. Wow. You know, and then they they put a little little white little piece of paper so that they could lift it up so that they you know that Jesus is hidden. Yes, okay. You know, so you know we attend mass um, to thank God, to worship Him, to be taught, nourished by Him, not to celebrate ourselves. And like I suppose the the children are taught this even in the simplest of ways. You know Mm. that Jesus is what's important, and Abbey Field for the four days, our life is centered on Him. We, this is why I work for him because he's been, he's been so good to me, mm-hmm. and um, you know the liturgy should be child friendly but Christ centred. And that brings me on to one more point there too, because I'd noticed when I was with you there a few years ago, they also come to visit Jesus in the in Eucharistic adoration. They do. Yeah. So there's a small little room there. There is. Yeah. How yeah. do they react to that? You know, because beautiful. Yeah, and they're so silent and so respectful. It's incredible. It's almost, you know that they instinctively know. Like, you mm. see, this is what they, they learn. They learn more so, you know, than going to Mass on Sundays because they hear people talking and it's, sometimes it's noisy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there is an incredible silence. There isn't a... You, you'd hear a pin drop. Mm-hmm. I mean, Father mm-hmm. Patrick, we have Mass every day and like this young, barely five-year-olds mm-hmm. and they can sit inside in that room for 50 minutes without a word. We never have to tell wow. them to be quiet, wow. you know. So obviously the God's grace is working mm. very powerfully. The Holy Spirit is there and he's feeding them, you know, he is feeding them and they, they are realising that, you know, this person is important. And the last day is when they present the life of a saint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's um, it's the children, but also the 18, 19 year olds who were there accompanying yeah. them each week. And, and I, I was there, as I said, that particular time, and it's very funny, but very meaningful. Oh, it is, yeah. They won't forget that they particular won't. Oh, saint. They won't, no, no, so, no, no, yeah. And that brings me to the other point, that that, uh, that particular day, um, the priests, uh, sorry, the parents, 
and the guardians mm-hmm. uh, attend mm-hmm. attend that you know that particular session where they're presenting these things. So my my thought here is, what reaction do the parents get to all of this? Well, I suppose they're dying to see their Johnny and their Mary up on stage anyway. Okay, <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's that's that part of it. I suppose that's going to happen anyway. Yeah, and you see, John, when when that happens, like their heart just melts, and I'm sure that it means so much more to them when they see their Johnny and their Mary playing the part of the saint or the disciple or yeah. whatever else, that it will stay with them forever. And I'm know? sure, and then Johnny and Mary's too will be coming on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and yeah. relating to the parents what they, what they picked That's up right. during well, the week. A lovely story. The first year we did it uh, and I met a woman in Tesco and she came up to me in the aisle and she said, Martina, I have a confession to make. She said, my daughter was at your camp. We don't pray. Mm. We don't go to Mass. Mm. Usually only Christmas and Easter. We don't say the rosary. Mm. And my child came home on the Friday. Now, with the, I didn't mention that they do beautiful stuff in art as well. Really, mm. they make beautiful stuff like um, mm. crucifixes and um, photo frames. And they'd have Jesus in the, in the center and he, they decorate it all around him. And they make crosses and oh, my God, and they make bracelets. But anyway, mm. she brought all, all her art stuff home and she said, Mom, have you a small table? And she said, I have. Have you a little white cloth? I have. So anyway, she got the cloth, she got the table and she put everything that she made. And she had a crucifix. She had a rosary bead that she had made. She had she had a jam jar with Our Lady stuck to the lid filled (laughs) with water and sprinklers. And she had that turned upside down with Our Lady standing up straight looking out at her. And she said, Mom, I need a small candle now and I want you to come down here and kneel kneel before this and let's pray. Wow. This and was she how was old was the child? Seven. Yeah. Out of the, out out of of the mouths of babes. Yeah. Praise the Lord. You're doing great work there. So tell me, how many years have you, have you been doing this? This is our eighth now. Yeah. Yeah. So we, as I said, we, it was in Ardmore in 2011, Margaret Meehan, God bless her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this thought came in Lourdes to Margaret. Yeah. This is where she got the conviction in Lourdes. Being open, being open to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So there's seven, seven camps now all over Munster. So uh, there's one in Ardmore, Mitchellstown, McCroom, Killarney, Abbey Field. There are two more and I can't remember. OK. Yeah. Well, first of all, so the question is, I mean, when is yours? Uh, no. uh, ours is on Monday, the 29th of July to August, Thursday, August the 1st. So the last three days in July and the first day of August. And, and it's, it's in St. Mary's Boys School in Abbey Field and it's 10 o'clock to three o'clock now. My it's on the Observer every week. My Mm-mm. my details are on the Observer, and okay. you can ring me if you want to. I okay. can I can email anybody um, mm-hmm. um, an application form, and um, they can just you know fill it up and. Send so it there's up. room. There's room. Oh yeah, loads of room. Yeah. What's it cost? Uh, very cheap. Okay. Cheapest camp that's going at the moment because okay. we want everybody to come. We don't want mm-hmm. money. To, you know, we don't want to stop anybody. The, uh, these things don't, don't operate in fresh air anyway. No, I mean, but like, no, the first child is only 40 euro. OK. And okay. The, and each sibling after that is 25. OK, OK. So that's you know, you know, very that's, good value. That's, you know, I mean, that's really weak. I mean, and we provide and all, all we provide all the things for art and we buy everything. So that all they want to do is bring their bring their lunch lunches. They, we've, they've two, they have a small break and a big break. Just like school, Mm-mm. and put on sun cream if it's going to be sunny. Oh, very good, yeah. very good. And, and so you and have you got a sufficient number of volunteers? There as thank well? God we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. Like I always get. Oh, every year I get 
nearly heart yeah. palpitations because some people say they'll yeah. do it and mm-hmm. then they can't. Yeah. And I said, Lord, look, please just provide for he me. Knows, he knows what he's doing. So he does, you know, he does. He puts me to the peanut butter. Very good. <laughs> so what would you say to some parent out there now who might be thinking, yeah, you know, it might be a bad idea. What would you say? Well, to I can guarantee you if they come one year, they'll be coming the second year. And That's you see, good. what's happening now is that the, the, the children that have come from the very beginning are now volunteers. Mm, yeah, that's the other side of it. So that's huge, like, and you see, I, I, I want like we've had great volunteers that have come in from outside, but I want to try and keep it local, you know. Yes. And mm. uh, there's a great girl in in Dua, Geraldine O'Callaghan. She just got married there two weeks ago, but she's she's working in Tarbert, and she's she's brought gorgeous girls to me from Tarbert. Oh my God, they were so they're so mm-hmm. wonderful, you know. And they're if they can come, they come year on year. And um, they're such an asset to, to, to the camp. Now, I've got great local people as well, brilliant girls locally, mm. you know. And there's a few fellas as well. There's a lovely um, man coming from Causeway. He's a father of six children. He's taking a week off work well done. This, 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 this week, this year, and coming to me, and he's going to be um, overseeing sport. And his sister, Olive Dunnigan, comes and does... You know, the, um, the, lit- the, the, the they do the liturgy with the children explaining all about the monster. Uh, the I Good met, Shepherd. I think I met her. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's the the, the, the the ministry uh, of the Good Shepherd. Yes, yeah, the catechesis of okay. the Good Shepherd, yeah. So she, she, takes, she takes time off work as well, you know. I was supposed to contact Olive after the last one, but I'll say... Well, I'll, I'll give you her I'll number I'll after this programme now. So anyway, but the bottom line is, it's on, um, again... The Monday the 29th of July to, mm. uh, to, to, to Friday, to Thursday, August the 1st. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. And again, if, uh, your contact details are in the... Are on uh, the, the Observer. observer. And if you want to text the programme here, 087-6088667, I'll pass on the message to Martin. That's 87 Mm-hmm. Now you're involved in that, but you're involved in a few more things. You mentioned the Camp Veritas. Mm-hmm. What is Camp Veritas? <laughs> camp Veritas is like, an ad- well, I won't say an adult, but it's a teen Abbey Field. Yeah. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so, the, I, I, so the uh, age group here? Roughly? The age group is from 12 to 18. And how did you find out about this? Well, one of my volunteers last year that came to me her daughter volunteered and she spoke about it uh, and, and she said, Martina, it is outstanding. So I said, right, I booked my two in. Okay, okay, okay. So it was just last week in Clangos Wood College in County Kildare. Oh, John, you should see the place. It's mm. it's like three castles put mm. together. Mm. And it's 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 an American model. It was um, launched in 2008 by um, a, a man called Ryan Young. And this is what this is what Cardinal Dolan, you know, Cardinal Dolan, oh, he yeah. speaks on Egyptian, like a big uh, ha- York, hearty yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So mm. this is what he says that the mm. mission of Convertus is about. Imagine hundreds of teens in a rigorous daily routine of prayer, daily mass and holy, holy hours, catechesis, daily presentations of the essentials of our Catholic faith and the sacraments, daily mass, an opportunity for confession. Who, uh, and, and all these young people uh, love it, enjoy it and wind up coming back year on year. Add swimming, sports, friendship, an attractive outdoor and setting. And what do you have? Fun faith. Wow. Mm. So, um, like the the it's the Campertus um, provides a journey to Christ. Okay. Uh, and a deeper understanding of Catholic faith through uh, an intense immersion with other teens. And like I think that's the key, really. Do you know the way? With the best will in the world, you might have a very good priest in a parish and oh, yeah. he might say a very mm. fervent mass on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But like when you only catch them 
for the for the forty five yeah. minutes, and it's, it's very mm. difficult just to, to 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 fire fire up the flame that's within their hearts, you know. So, um, like they had they had t shirts with Camp Virtus on, and they they had this thing, um, there is a God, and I'm not him, and everything. What's that catchphrase mm-hmm. about? So anyway, my son explained it to me. They, they had a kind of a little monologue going. Okay. So there is a God and I'm not him. And then they said, what are we? Okay. Disciples. Okay. Right. Okay. And what is the objective of our life? Heaven. Uh-huh. If it's not, we're wasting our time. So yeah. that kind yeah. of yeah. Okay. It sums up context. the ethos yeah. of the camp, you mm-hmm. know. Um so it starts on Monday afternoon about five o'clock. They have supper after they um, sign in and then they have talks and prayer and singing and free time. They do kickball, volleyball, GA, basketball, frisbee competition. My son is saying I'm a professional frisbee uh, uh, thrower now, mom. So this is residential. So it's residential. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. And then um, now this is another thing that it's on their Facebook page. Actually, if you if you go under Camp Verge's Facebook page mm. uh, if go- this is a quote from one of our pr- one of their priests if going to mass doesn't impact your Monday morning your Friday night or anything else in between you do outside the 45 minutes you spend on Sunday morning something is wrong is missing, yeah. mm. so you play hard at Camp Virtus and you pray hard at Camp Virtus and then you have faith friends and fellowship what could be better but they also went to uh, a day to um, Glendalough they they oh, had double decker okay. buses and they took hundreds of the children down to. There was that many. Yeah, there was about three hundred above sure. Wow. Yeah, and um, they did a hike for two and a half two hours. How did you find out about this again? Did you say they went with a girl, um, Catherine Kirby, her daughter. Uh, she um, she was she volunteered the previous year. How come the rest of us in the world don't? Really I don't know. Well, I just things. googled it straight away because I said I'll forget. So. And then it's it's kind of a tedious thing to kind of um, put in, like when you have to, they they, they they go into an almighty amount of detail when you're filling up the enrolment mm. for all sorts of, you know, uh, medications and all the rest. But like, um, I mean, the, like in fairness, I we were up then for the last mass on the Saturday morning. Um, Bishop Nulty said it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Very impressed. Mm-mm, I have to say, mm-mm. I thought he was fantastic. You know, one of the things he said at the mass was he prayed for this special intention. He said, you know, um, some for we'll pray now for you, mm. young people. When you go home, your some of your friends won't get your fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mm, 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 and mm. it's so true. Yeah, because they like they some of them were come. They were all bawling, crying, leaving, hugging each other, and because of the relationship that had been yeah. built up, mm. and they they sl- they slept in dorms, and so they had great fun. Oh, you exactly, know? but. But then, you see, that's the other thing about living your faith with other people who are living their faith. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You see, that there's no doubt about it. Like, you know, this, this is the I think this is the model that, that's going to work, you know. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, year on year, like um, uh, the, the people are coming back year on year. And I mean, I actually the, the first girl I met inside, she was the one of the um, co- counsellors, they're called the teenage, the, the older people, like the volunteers. So I said, um, is this your first year? As a as a counsellor, no, she said I was here as a participant last year, but she said I'm back this year. I'm old enough to be a counsellor. Wow, wow, wow! Yeah. You might be able to give me contact details again. I, I, I maybe can Venetas later yeah. on, and then we might be able to, to get them to come and talk to us. Mm-hmm. One last thing I want to ask you about, and then I might give you a break. Um, 
You know something about with Children's Adoration? Remind me again. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Children's Adoration was started with uh, Antoinette Moynihan, mm-hmm. who's from County Meath, and it's going from strength to strength. It's gone to Scotland and England and oh. Malta and America, and there's a DVD, instruction DVD, gone to, as far as Australia, and she was on with Jim and Joy Pinto on EWTN. On EWTN, yeah. Yeah, during mm-hmm. the, the last couple of months. And, um, yeah, it's there... I mean, it's gone. It's nearly in every county in Ireland now. I'd say at this stage, you know, north and south. And is it locally? I mean, or how can children participate in it? Well, it's only it's like it's first communion class, you see. Okay. And there has to be uh, well. First of all, if if you want to introduce it into your parish, you have to talk to your priest. Okay. But and then Antoinette or Aoife will come down and do the first presentation. And uh, the initial presentation is about an hour in a classroom and then and they're brought over either to the church or the adoration is done in the school, depending on, on okay. the distance between the school and the church. So, so again, if there's listeners uh, to our programme who are um, very much involved with Eucharistic adoration, maybe they might contact the programme again and maybe Martina can get you in touch mm-hmm. with how you can, mm-hmm. which again, text us 87 you do an awful lot of work for young people, God bless you. Well, no, Johnny, you're looking it's the, as young, it's you're the look, Lord's You're looking work. as young as ever. <laughs> do you know what we'll do? We might take a break and, uh, and give you a rest for a second. Mm-hmm. You picked a very lively one. I did. It's by... It's called 10,000 Reasons by Matt Redmond. I think it's lovely. One of oh, my favourites. Oh, it's gorgeous one. Let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's listen to this. So. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your holy name, the sun comes up. It's a new day dawn It's time to sing your song again Whatever may pass And whatever lies before me Let me be singing when the evening comes Bless the Oh 
Okay, so welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined in studio here by Anne and Martina Rosalvin. Thanks a lot for sharing us with such inspirational stuff there, Martina. No doubt we'll get loads of texts and loads of emails and how do we get involved, <laughs> but thank you very much indeed. However, this is the most important part of this and any other programme each week where we listen and uh, attentively and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, Anne helps us by praying this prayer before we read and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Anne. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word, Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed and our minds wander, but we but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you, there. And so now the Gospel for the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time is taken from Luke chapter 10, and we're taking the shorter version from uh, chapter 10, verse 1 to 9, and Martina is going to share that with us. Thanks, Martina. The Lord appointed seventy-two others and sent them out ahead of him, in pairs to all the towns and places he himself was to visit. He said to them, The harvest is rich, but the labourers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send labourers to his harvest. Start off now, but remember, remember, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Carry no purse, no haversack, no sandals. 
Salute no one on the road. Whatever house you go into, let your first words be, Peace to this house. And if a man of peace lives there, your peace will go and rest on him. If not, it will come back to you. Stay in the same house, taking what food and drink they have to offer, for the labourer deserves his wages. Do not move from house to house. Whenever you go into a town where they make you welcome, eat what is set before you. Cure those in it who are sick and say, The kingdom of God is very near to you. Thank you for that, Martin. It's us, the Gospel for today, um, for the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Just a few thoughts that I'd like to share myself. And one of the first thoughts is, I suppose, is as Martina was um, sharing with us there in part two about the resources uh, that um, she's helping to bring to young people from the age of five. And she mentioned in so many, some of the places going up to the, uh, the, the age of 18. One of the resources we as uh, grown-ups have, and maybe not so not so grown-up as well, they're welcome, is with Father Frank Dewey every Sunday, every Monday evening, sorry, from 8.15 to 9.15 in the Pastoral Centre in Newcastle West. A fantastic resource in that Father Frank leads us through a reflection on the Sunday Gospel as to where it applies to our own lives. And, and sometimes we think we know it all. We've heard this thousands of times before. Well, I can assure you, I've been going to Father Frank's. I've been lucky enough to go there for about the last 11 or 12 years now. And I'm still learning some every week. I know I'm a slow learner, but, you know, there's so much There's so much in each gospel. Just if, a, a thought that I'd like to share myself this particular week, and then Martina might want to show just one or two little thoughts. The first one is, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out. That's the first thing that got me this morning. The Lord appoints us. The Lord appointed people to go out. Jesus said to them, he said, the harvest is rich, but the labourers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send labourers to his harvest. His harvest. The, as I said, Jesus appoints. He's appointed the 72 to go out as his labourers to work for his harvest. I think that's important. That his labourers to work in his harvest. We know that the message of the Gospels was not only a historical fact years ago, but the message was meant to be heard by all. That message of the Gospel is also meant to be heard and acted by you and me. By our baptism, we've become members of God's Christian community. We cannot ignore our responsibility to do our bit and spread the good news of the Gospel. Yeah, we need to pray. We need to pray for priestly vocations because without priestly vocations, we don't have any administration of the sacraments. So we need to pray for priests. We need to pray for religious vocations. But also, as we heard in the comment from Vatican II, where Vatican II stated that there's also the vocation of the laity. That's for us as well, to work for the kingdom of God. We can't leave all the work to priests and religious. The opening word of today's gospel is the Lord appointed. We need to always remind ourselves that the message is to spread God's word, not our own thoughts, not our own ideas. Our mission is to work for the Lord's harvest where we are. That's where we are. In my case, it's in Arda. As lay people, as farmers, as factory workers, as married couples, that's where the Lord has planted us. So maybe this week we could spend some time with the Lord in prayer and ask him why where does he want me how does he want me to work as a laborer what does he want me to do for him 
He's given me what I need. He's given me gifts and talents to work in the way he wants me to work for him. So let's listen to what the Lord is asking us this week. Indeed, yeah, the harvest is rich, the labors are few. We ask the Lord to send labors into his harvest and maybe we won't go out with a piece of music that might back that up in a little while, but I'll just give Martina just, just a few seconds there, maybe just to share her few thoughts. Thanks, Martina. Yes, John. Well, I suppose the, the one thing that uh, I, I was um, curious about was why did he point 72 when apparently there were 72 known countries in the world That's right. at that time. So, you know, that the faith needs to be brought to every single solitary person. It's not just for one pocket of people. And um, also that, you know, Jesus forms, formed his disciples not only through his teaching, but also by sending them out on mission. And mm. I suppose I can link that back into the faith camp as well, yeah. because, you know, the volunteers that are coming to help me, um, they're being formed into missionaries yeah. by the very the, by the very teaching that they're receiving through Father Patrick to pass on to them. And then it just doesn't stop there because they, they're going out and they're going into football pitches and shops and Mm -mm. clothes shops and discos and whatever else and with God's help that their mission their missionary zeal will follow them through there and um, you know I suppose the best people for missionary work are the recently converted and I was very conscious of that when I was looking at the, all the people in Camp Veritas because we were up for the last mass and the parents and the everybody was there the guardians and I saw the young volunteers like the Nineteen years plus. Yeah. My goodness, I, I mean, there was fire in their eyes, mm. and they're raising their hands up in the air, and they're singing, "That God is my lighthouse." Yeah. That was one of their hymns. Mm. He was my lighthouse, my anchor. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, like when I thought of like if you were to send those people out on mission at that particular point, in it, they would be they'd set the place on fire. Mm-hmm. So the recently converted, as these were, are the best people for mission. I think that's very true. And I think, as you mentioned there, the Lord has given all of us gifts, as mm-hmm. I mentioned, and I, those young people. But those young people bring their experiences and their gifts into, let's say, the places where your camps are, mm-hmm. but also into their workplaces and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that, 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 we, that we recognise that it's the Lord that gives us these gifts. Oh, absolutely. We and are. I mean, we're coming as a friend on behalf of Christ and his church. Mm. I'm coming as a friend and on behalf of Christ to organise the camp, all of my volunteers are coming on behalf of Christ. And, you know, like it's important then that when we do go into the house, as these people did, mm. that we are prepared to sit down and listen. That's but you know what struck me when I read it? How important it is for the people that are in the house to, ha- to be peaceful, yeah. because that peace, my peace will rest on them. Mm. And if, it, if they're not, it'll That's come right. back to me. So if I'm at peace, mm. I will gain twofold. That's right. That's right. Again, thank you very much, Nee Martina, for, for, for joining me this morning and also for Anne. Um, two angels there that I got uh, helping me out this morning. Thank you so much, ladies. Um, a wonderful program. I enjoy this. Uh, very inspirational. And again, if people want to contact me at all and I'll pass on a message on to Martina, the text here is 087 so that we'll go for a final piece of music. And I thought maybe this one might be ideal today, uh, especially after, after that gospel and after the work that Martina's uh, just shared with us that she's doing and all the young people are doing, Father Patrick's doing, and we're all trying to do. Maybe we can all echo and sing this as we leave the program this morning. This is entitled Here I Am, Lord. It's by John Michael Talbot. So until next week. God bless you all now. Bye. 
Yeah. 